0: All right. It is Wednesday, November 30th. Everybody's getting back from a tasty Thanksgiving. Um, and we're kind of looking towards the end of the year. And, you know, I'm wrapping a bunch of stuff up in my personal life. You know, other folks are kind of looking looking at the closing some chapters too. And, you know, it's always a good thing to do towards the end of the year is reflect. You know, reflect upon what has happened well, you've been through how you've grown and what happened in security, all the breaches and hacks and all the crazy stuff hey. that 22 had for us. Reflecting how we have job security. <laughs> Just <laughs> and, it's, and it's only going up, it, it would seem. Um, yeah, so we, we're going to talk about, I don't know, I don't even think I'd say like best hacks or best breaches or whatever. Just like, here's the craziest stuff that happened in security related to attacks. Um, over the past you know past year, and looking and this at this a, list th- this yeah, is the stuff it. that
1: we can remember like <laughs> there, there, there is a million other things that we forgot, so by the end of this episode, if there is something that you're just like, why didn't you cover that like let us know, hit us up, yeah,
0: we probably just forgot we did <laughs> there was so much, there was so much that happened like i, I the colonial pipeline thing that wasn't this year. I was I was almost positive the colonial pipeline was this year. I mean, the time's it's an like, illusion after COVID. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, twenty
1: 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two is like one year, right?
0: <laughs> it's still yeah. <laughs> and twenty twenty three. The fact that twenty twenty three is about to start and it's like yeah, COVID started at the beginning of twenty twenty two is bananas, bananas. And I'm looking at this. I'm now looking at this Bloomberg article and the colonial pipeline hack was back in like May of 2021. So it's not even close. Time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Man. Yeah. The
1: matrix is broken. The matrix so has been broken. Yeah. Let, let's talk about this first hack that we have on the list. Right. And I think it's a group of
0: hacks, right? It's it's, it's cri- just crypto. It, it, crypto. What are you doing, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're making us look, look bad. <laughs> Yeah, not even, and it's not even just in like the security space, but also with all the crazy stuff going on with FTX and then BlockFi just uh, like that. Uh, oh, I yes. Know. It is just, you know, NFTs went crazy. Crypto went crazy. Everything got hacked. I think, what was the figure that we saw on that website? That it was like $3 billion Three in assets, billion assets were dollars. stolen. $3 billion. Yeah. Just a cool $3 billion was stolen in crypto hacks that we know about.
2: In 2022, right? Uh, yeah, I had to reread one of these paragraphs two or three times to confirm that it was 718 million dollars stolen in October. Just, Just in October. October. It's a very spooky season, <laughs> especially <laughs> if
0: you own crypto. I so, cried. <laughs> yeah, I'm thank I'm thankful to not not have had very much. The so let's talk about the first crypto one that that we have on this list and that's the coinbase asset swap vulnerability and it, you know this one was it wasn't actually used to steal any money it could have been and considering that coinbase is like kind of a market maker for much of like crypto trading it could have been real bad if it was exploited but you know logan why don't you why don't you give
2: us the details of what happened here sure this one is so frightening like this guy could have just destroyed markets with this vulnerability. Destroyed. Uh, Absolutely destroyed. As I remember it, um, this guy put in a market order or some sort of order request. And then he modified his request with like Burp Suite and changed the underlying asset from a cheap asset like Dogecoin to something like Bitcoin. And then... In Coinbase's backend, it didn't verify which asset was being used in that trade, so yeah. you could trade any asset as if it were Bitcoin or some other very expensive coin.
0: Which is <laughs> of all the of all the things, the, the number of times that I've been, you know, doing a security review, and it's just this simple like the simple logic bugs. you know, It's it's one thing for you to have SQL injection or cross-site scripting or cross-site request forgery or like command injection or all these different things that are kind of like standard input validation problems. But then you go up the stack and you get into business logic errors. And this is a pretty significant business logic error. And what's funny is, Logan was just talking about how Burp Suite was used. And Burp Suite is like a common hacker tool that sits as a proxy between your uh, your your browser and the server that you're talking to, and then when we're looking for more details on this hack, <laughs> the, the the top article is on Burp Suite's website. <laughs> it's like yes, Burp Suite <laughs> was used for this, and the the specifics was like there was there was basically an API endpoint f- on Coinbase where you were looking to yeah basically engage in a trade, and you're saying like oh I want to sell a hundred bitcoin and in the API request it actually had the you could change the asset class for the asset that was being checked against so you could basically say yes I want to sell a hundred bitcoin but I want you to check that I have enough Sheba to, I only have 100 Shiba to do that. So basically, the logic would be like, okay, well, we gotta we gotta make sure that you have the assets necessary to sell 100 Bitcoin. But instead of checking that you have 100 Bitcoin, it checks to see that you have 100 Shiba coin, which Shiba coin is like what a few cents. And so it's like, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. you've got hundred, you've got a hundred coins. So let's go ahead and just sell 100 Bitcoin and give you give you the money back. So which- wild. Yeah, so it's like yeah, I've got I've got a hundred coins that are worth a few cents a piece, and we just sold a hundred Bitcoin uh, that were worth you know what do they peak at like fifty G's each? <laughs> yes. yeah. Which coin? <clears throat> Bitcoin. Bitcoin peaked
1: at like sixty something, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Who, who cares? Let's say it costs. Let, let's say it's like a coin that's worth a thousand dollars or something just- that is worth fractional of a cent now. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, Yeah, it definitely could have been like ending for a lot of markets, in my opinion, as well, um, that if this person just abuses to the nth degree, yeah, like it could have caused the largest exit out of crypto ever. Um, I
0: don't, I don't know. FTX is doing a pretty good job of that, <laughs> 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 you know. Because I I'm I'm curious though, because like I you know with with Coinbase, I think you can have your own wallet custody, right? But then there's also they they also have custodial wallets. So I'm kind of interested to know like where was that Bitcoin sold out of? Were they actually were they just changing something on their own internal ledger, or were they actually taking the action of selling a hundred Bitcoin out of their pool and be like, "Yeah, those funds go to that wallet"? And so it would have, like, basically, would this have been contained to, "Oh, Coinbase's books are all messed up now," or would this have actually resulted in, like, Coinbase losing those assets? Because if that's the case, then yeah, the market would have been completely
2: sideways. Although you're just you're just effectively taking the money out of Coinbase. Um, and, you know, it could have really screwed with markets anyway, even if the coins never made their way off of Coinbase because everyone's monitoring yeah. Coinbase. Yeah. yeah if right. the price were to go haywire, then people would freak out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you can you can
1: temporarily poison the ledgers as well. Right. So um, that's the other problem that we run into with this. And uh, if anyone had like sell orders for crypto. um like Coinbase might have automatically bought those to fulfill this order that's coming yeah. through, yeah. So, <laughs> which would then mean that those coins were then taken. Now, the yeah. the people who got you know who had the sell orders, they would have been made whole. But yeah, Coinbase would have been gone. And yeah, without without Coinbase, I mean, who's going to come up with the U.S. Fed coin, right? So. Uh, oh, not are we getting FTX. into FedCoin?
0: Oh, no. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> veto, <laughs> veto power. <laughs> All right. Another episode. And the, and the last thing to say here is, you know, the, the way that this was discovered was through somebody that submitted to the bug bounty program. We've talked time and time again about how valuable bug bounty programs here are. We've also talked about how, you know, the payouts that you get from bug bounty programs tend to be less than you could get for the the exploit information sold on other markets. So this individual made $250,000 for reporting the vulnerability to to Coinbase, which is nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's great uh, that they reported it because, you know, A, it's just the right thing to do ethically, morally, but also if you if they had exploited this i can't imagine that they would have have gotten away with it anyways like it would have been found it would have been traced back it's all it's you have no your customer or whatever so like they didn't they they probably could not have acted badly even if they wanted to but they did make you know a quarter of a million dollars on it which this exploit just just in the example where we said 100 bitcoin for 100 sheep that 100 bitcoin you know at the peak would have been 5 mil so you know it's 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 a small small payout in comparison but you know for the good that it did uh you know it's it's it's, it's I'm glad that this came in through the bug bounty program because it could have been real bad otherwise we could have had an FTX sure. fallout before FTX <laughs> Why do we? Why do we just touch on? Because we, we had. Why don't, why don't we just <laughs> talk about it? <laughs> <them. Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to because you know there's as far as we know there's no real hack. I don't think. Well, actually, no. That's right. Most recently, like, folks' wallets on FTX were apparently getting drained, right? But then there was some. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a hack, and then it was speculated that it's like, no, it's actually the FTX founders taking money out of the wallets to put in their own wallets. Did did I, did we ever figure out what the truth was behind that? Oh, um I've no idea. Yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> it's a
1: feature. Like l- legitimately the answer seems to be it's a feature. Um the whole FTX thing is hard to find good information about it. Um yeah. and it's highly politicized right now, right? Like yeah. FTX was what was used um by the Ukrainian government to get funding um for the war effort, right? Really? So like Yeah, so, like, on the Ukrainian government's website, um, like, their government website, they had, like, hey, you want to, like, fund, you want to help us? Like, this is how you can do it. So, like, Ukrainian banks had stuff set up with with FTX. And then a few days, actually, before the whole FTX fiasco happened, uh, the Ukrainian government took down any mention of FTX from their websites. Yep. And then, like, Whoa. all the shit happened. So, like, but when when this was happening, I have a buddy, and he's super plugged into the crypto world. And he was just like, oh, Ukraine's not using FTX anymore. I was like, oh, oh okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I, I really didn't think much about FTX, right? I didn't even and know then, what FTX was until it started coming out in the news. And, and then, like, this shit storm happens, and I was just like oh shit like what What? what is this and like the more you dig into this rabbit hole the more like y- you just notice there's like bursts of information and then people just stop talking about it yeah I'm just like what okay hmm. i mean there's a whole lot more to this story and we probably won't know all of it until like 2023 yeah. um so yep. yeah, FTX, keep an eye on it. Read up on it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's a lot more shady crap than just money like leaving FTX. It looks oh, yeah.
0: like. Oh yeah, I I'm so it's such it's okay. So we are going to talk about FTX, but th- and this is not actually a hack, so it's a little bit off topic. But when we were talking about like we need to talk about crypto, we we're like, well, we have to give FTX an honorable mention because you know it's not a hack, but it is certainly criminal, <laughs> and that oh, kind of yeah. falls within falls within the scope. And so FTX right is a uh, crypto exchange and they were basically in bed with this other company that like it was, it was co-founded by the founder and it was like a, a crypto investment thing. So if you put funds into FTX, those funds were actually being reused to make speculative bets within the crypto ecosystem and <laughs> the entire executive board moved to the Bahamas. So like look if you 're ever wondering, should you put money into a financial institution, if the executive board just up and moves to the Bahamas, the answer is probably no um, and it's just been i don 't know the, yeah like you were saying there's so much crazy stuff going on here uh, two two points to uh, two points to note that that i 'm aware of the actually 3. So everybody everybody that was involved at, on the leadership board that went to the Bahamas in at FTX supposedly was in like some weird polycule uh, polyamorous relationship with each other. So everybody was just like hooking up with each other at the at the penthouse, at the 40 million dollar penthouse. The CEO of Alameda Research, which was the speculative investment arm, her dad used to be Gary Gensler's boss. Mm, how convenient is that? So basically, the CEO of the Speculative Crypto Trading Fund, her dad, used to be the boss of the now head of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Ooh. Yeah, super convenient, super convenient. And then there was one other, uh, there was one other thing that was just like crazy with FTX. Oh, their I'm, political I'm assuming, donations no. their political donations that was a big one yeah <laughs> just what was it altruistic what, what did you say For altruistic effective altruism effective altruism yeah effective yeah, altruism yep. this guy's just taking your money and giving it to politicians and being like i'm i'm effectively altruistic it's just that doesn't yeah that's,
1: that's crazy. how that works though right like
2: i think is, so is,
1: is, is the new philanthropist uh or however you say that word uh, people that just donate to politicians.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, with, I don't think crypto. so. With crypto, of course. With crypto, yep, yep. <laughs> oh man, and there was one other crazy thing that I had to say about about FTX. But I, I right, open the floor to you guys. What else do you have to say about FTX?
2: I mean. <clears throat> At this point in time, it looks like FTX was just a bona fide criminal enterprise. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> <laughs> and SBF is already being uh, heralded as the Bernie Madoff of crypto. That's right. That's right. Oh, and that, okay. So that's that's the other part of what I wanted to say. So
0: the uh, everything is going to hell in a handbasket for FTX. They brought in this guy who was involved with Enron like one of the main guys to 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 fix all the stuff when Enron went down and apparently one of the first things you do once like okay the adults are here we're gonna fix this you file your like your your first version of your bankruptcy filing whatever and that has a bunch of details (laughs) and there's some pretty good threads on Twitter that pull it apart but this guy that dealt with Enron has basically come out and, and is like yeah um This is way worse than Enron, and there's stuff that is just blatantly criminal. (laughs) This guy, this guy dealt with Enron.
1: Yeah, for, I mean, it's hard to put that in perspective. And for like the younger listeners, if you have not heard about the whole Enron like scandal, there are many documentaries covering it, and it is way worse. I mean, it, it is one of the worst scandals in in my lifetime, I think Enron was for sure. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because they were, I mean, they, they were, it wasn't just, they were, you know, screwing investors out of money. Like they were destroying countries. Um, yeah. India for a large time, you know, had a hard time recovering from some of the scandals that like Enron did. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> for someone to say it's worse than Enron, it the magnitude of like how bad something had to be is unimaginable. Right, it's when it's like when someone says a trillion dollars, right? Like you can't. Okay, (laughs) yeah, a trillion dollars. Like you can't visualize like what a trillion dollars actually is. No, and um, this is it's the same equivalency. Is like uh, this is worse than Enron, and it was just like when I first heard that, I was just like, no way, there, there's no way, there, absolutely no way this could be worse than Enron, and. Again, we're still learning about oh, like yeah. what's happening. Nothing yet. Like we know nothing. We're John right? Snow right now. Yep. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: why? Oh, still well? Is he still there? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure the FTX story is going to end worse than how, you know, Game of Thrones ended too. So
0: uh no. Um yeah, you can't be that bad. Come on. Um <laughs> don't don't but, do FTX dirty like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is um it, it is the story of like twenty twenty three. I look forward to yep. more stuff coming out about it and seeing what the whole shakedown really was about. And you know what? It might get just good memory hold, right? there might it's, be some really bad stuff in there and people are just going to be like, yep, we're, uh, uh, let's,
0: let's just let's
1: change the search algorithm. So that stuff doesn't pop
0: up a lot. Nope. Right. No, no, no. Okay. So, so here's another great little fact about FTX. So uh, the author, the author of the books, um, the, the author of the book, the big short was embedded with the FTX team for like the six months leading up to this incident. And I, I heard oh. this from a friend, and they're already shopping around movie rights, already oh, shopping yes. around movie rights. So we're gonna get an FTX movie, and 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 I was like, and I, I asked, I asked this, uh, I asked my my friend who was telling me about this. It's like, hey, you know, if you're ever running a firm and the author of the Big Short comes up and is like, hey guys, can I hang out with you for a while? Like, I'd be like, absolutely not. Like, we really don't want that sort of energy. So it turns out that that author is also the author of. Moneyball. And so everybody <laughs> everybody when this author approaches them, everybody's like, Yes, I'm the next Moneyball, but it turns out that they're the next big short instead. So we oh, are yeah. going to get a movie. And this and this person was embedded with the team in the Bahamas for like the six months leading up to this happening. So and that's the that's the person that that got the big short out. So we're gonna get lots of interesting details about FTX.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, the um
1: I think it was my friend Ben who told me like stay away from FTX. So Ben, thanks. Uh
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The real one, ben.
1: For, for for that warning. And this was like a long time ago, like the beginning yeah. of the year. He was just yeah. like, Oh uh, yeah, don't 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 do that. Gamble uh, your I'm- money somewhere else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm going to be interested to see what happens in the in the fallout from this as well, because, you know, like Coinbase has proven that they have like 30 billion in assets. But I think, you know, Logan, we were talking about that where it's like, yeah, OK, so you have 30 billion in assets, but how much do you have in the books and how do you prove that? Because if you have 30 billion in the bank and you have 40 billion on the books, you're actually still missing 10. So it's, it, it's kicked off all this crazy stuff, but it's not quite a hack. We should move on because the the last thing that we want to touch on in crypto was one that I think of all the complexity or the in terms of like like how interesting the hack was, the wormhole hack on the wormhole exchange or the wormhole bridge was the one that I, when I read, I was like, oh, this is that's actually pretty technically sophisticated,
2: and it's also so fascinating how the attacker was able to discover the vulnerability, yeah yeah. It, it turns out it's really easy to find vulns if you monitor uh, open repos for commits that patch vulnerabilities. Yep, <laughs> yep. And it's and it's
0: also a very pernicious problem when it's the source code for the virtual machine on the nodes that run the network because the whole fact that the whole network is distributed means that you can't roll out a patch as soon as you have the the vulnerability fixed. And that seems to be what happened in this case.
1: I mean these just sound like arguments against open source and against DeFi. So <laughs>
0: I mean I mean I don't know about the open source, but distributed finance, they 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 have some they have some growth to do at this point to prove that to prove their value, I'd say. Yeah, so on the Wormhole attack, there's these
1: bridges. So Worm Wormhole was a bridge and, and what a bridge is is it allows for different cryptos to work um together. And um, so it allows like major, major crypto networks to have cross chain compatibility. This is used for speed. This is used for um, uh, people that don't want to move, you know, an asset type over to one uh, to like a different asset. So like, let's say they have Ethereum and then they need to do something with Avalanche. They don't have to then, you know, sell Ethereum buy Avalanche and then go there. They can use these bridges. And these bridges have actually been a huge like attack surface. Uh, turns out, making crypto bridges for you know cross chain stuff is really really hard, and to do it correctly. And there are a lot of bridges out there, and there are a lot of bridges that do it really really wrong, and they get hacked. And we've been this is what we've been seeing, right? So uh, on this 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 bridge itself, um, what they're able to do is they're able to fool the bridge into saying like, hey, we have, um, you know, we need to mint this particular Ethereum. Um, So it creates a pseudo Ethereum um, on on the bridge itself. The transaction is completed. uh, And then the attacker actually gets like real Ethereum at the end of it, right? And um, no one is the wiser until moments later, like many moments later, uh when when things stop lining up correctly uh in multiple leisures. So this is this is a problem with with a lot of bridges is that you can fool them. And I think most of the biggest um hacks against crypto this year were against bridges, different bridges, mm-hmm. right? The Binance Bridge hack. Um you know that that they're 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 the Nomad Bridge hack. That there's just a ton of items, and you know that. Not to, I mean, I'm going to back on Solana because um, I'm not a huge, <laughs> not, not a huge fan of the of the project um, for a few reasons. Um, that's why I didn't buy any uh, when everyone was just like, "You should, you should totally get in on this." I was like, uh, "Yeah, I, I looked at there, <laughs> pass, <and> pass." <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be a hard no. (laughs) And it comes down to it comes down to uh, when you prioritize items such as speed of transactions, which is what they did over uh, validating and security of those transactions, you're going to run into problems. And we have seen lots of problems come from that project. Uh, them being involved with the wormhole bridge is just a minor blip in the total problems and we're going to see the more problems.
0: The, weren't they the one with the wallet? Like the Solana wallets were getting were getting yes. emptied and yes. that was because of the because they had le- the, the new mnemonics being logged the Sentry? Yeah. No, they, they have Seriously? a lot of things wrong. Yes, it, yes. So Solana wallets were just, I mean, the money was just bruh. disappearing out of Solana wallets and it was because the Solana wallet was configured to log contents and like error messages and stuff to Sentry, and one of their log lines was logging the wallet mnemonic, which for the uninitiated, if you have the wallet mnemonic, it's like, tw- I think, 12 words. If you have those 12 exact words back to back, you can actually derive the private key of the wallet. So, they were just basically sending off the private keys of the wallets that were contained within the Solana Wallet
2: app to their log. And, and then people's wallets were just like, hey, that's where did my funds go? I mean someone wrote that code to do it that that's so negligent like it makes me suspicious man.
0: look negligence and web 3 go hand in hand (laughs) to, to take to
1: take the saying from mark zuckerberg right if you're not breaking things you're not moving fast enough uh solana took that to the next level they're just like, <laughs> like you we're know, what?
0: breaking we, people's
1: lives <laughs> we, we should just break everything actually uh, <laughs> so uh yeah i mean it, it is it, i think i mean bridges are going to be ripe for the pickings for hackers for a while um so so we'll see in our end of the year of 2023 talk uh we will also be talking about the new bridges that were hacked um yep, but wormhole yep. was definitely mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones 320 million in losses um there is a lot of good write-ups if you want to get in the super nitty-gritty of this um uh about this attack and uh it is impressive it is not it was not like the you know the the coinbase one
0: right yeah the, and just to dive into the specifics real quick so The code for the virtual machine that is run on all of the nodes for the Wormhole Network is open source. There was an update to that source code that was pushed that updated the signature verification functionality. And somebody saw this update and realized that in that update, a vulnerability had been patched. And that vulnerability was such that typically when a transaction happens, in order for anything to work in the crypto space, you basically show that you have a private key, and you do that by generating a cryptographic signature on the message that you're sending. So if anybody can generate that cryptographic signature, they can impersonate you. And the signature verification stub for this virtual machine was written in such a way where, by default, it will use the expected signature verification code. But as a feature, not a bug, as a feature, it will enable you to provide your own code for signature verification. So instead of being like, "Yes, we're going to run this code that actually verifies the cryptographic signature," you can give it a function that's like, "Yeah, no, that's cool. Like that's that, that's that's a valid signature." And they were able to basically f- bypass signature verification and get the network to mint. I think it was like one hundred twenty thousand wrapped ETH. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was wow. just just into the ether. Ha! <laughs> into the ether. Look at you. Yep. Yep, yep. I'm funny. It's a Wednesday. Uh, we'll, we'll edit that out. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just, <kidding.
0: laughs> Just edit everything I say out. It'll make it better. All right, let's move on. Let's move on from crypto. I'm I'm too depressed now after talking about all the crypto stuff. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, we would like to give the award for most likely to commit suicide by getting shot twice in the back of the head to all Glock. of the members <laughs> with with a Glock to all of the members of the lapses hacking group. Congratulations guys. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yes. Yes. If they're in Russia, they're going to have a, they're going to accidentally fall out a window. If they're in the United States, they're just going <laughs> to commit suicide with uh, two shots in the back of the head. Uh, but nope. <laughs> yeah, you know, this hacking group has been, Repeatedly demonstrated that they are very competent and they have Mm -hmm. gone after almost exclusively American targets. I think exclusively American targets, which begs the question as to is it actually some like vigilante hacking group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're really good. They're really good. And I read they're just
1: 13 year olds. What are you Just 13-year-olds, I
0: would put my tinfoil hat on and be like, look, if I was trying to cause disruption and I was some hostile nation state, I would actually just be a group of 13-year-olds going after big companies uh, that, that help prop the economy up in that big nation state because Lapsus got NVIDIA, they got Uber, they got Samsung, they got Microsoft, they got Okta, they got Rockstar. Like These are all American companies and it's a, they're a little bit too good to just be doing this for the lulls, I would think.
2: I think that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Um, and also, I'm surprised you pulled out the tinfoil hat on the episode before I did. Um, <laughs> but, oh, well, <laughs> I, I
0: just I just assume you're wearing one at all, all times. All the time.
1: Just, yeah. Yes. I should. I actually, <laughs> I do have a tinfoil hat o- over behind me somewhere uh, for <laughs> for a different for a different episode. But um, there. We're talking eleven major or or ten major hacks this year alone. Just this year. Yeah. And and we're not just talking about like, oh, they're able to, you know, do some some, you know, arbitrary oh, they dumped a database or something like that. Some of these are full compromise of the organization.
0: Like Uber. I can't I can't I can't believe that we haven't heard anything else about well, actually no, I can because Uber has a Uber great has a great PR, PR team. team. Yeah. 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 But like Uber got fully freaking compromised, fully compromised. Remember, we even talked about it in a previous episode, right? It's like, yo, know, there's screenshots of like the, the, you know, expense reporting portal and some, some ass hat in, in, in Europe has like 400,000 plus dollars on just like travel and, and dining. Yeah. We say wow. ass hat because we're just jealous. Yes. Uh. Entirely jealous. <laughs> I want, I
1: want to, I, I want that account. <laughs> yeah yeah my expense budgets does not look like that, but I want them no. to look like that life goals ideally um yeah. and but a better life goal is just like not have your organization hacked uh but that's really yeah. difficult, so you know we can yeah. only ask for so much uh, mm-hmm. but i <clears throat> we started the year with one of their hacks. We're ending the year talking about them because you know w- when they first started January, right, they're breaking all. Uh, they they went after okata how, how do you say that uh, Okta. okta yeah i always mess that up i don't know <laughs> it's like okta okay, is what i see in my head <laughs> right? okay, okta ta. yeah and uh so, sorry i won't i won't mention her name but sorry for the person who i know listens to this podcast and works there because she's a really good friend <laughs> and she's she's a little high up in that company but i don't know how to say your company name uh <laughs> so octa we started the year talking about octa right it was a huge hack and it was it created waves in the industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you were to tell me that the group that hacked them was then to then like in the beginning of the year was going to hack nine other major u.s corporations i would have been like oh okay no so way. these are just state actors like yeah totally. so i would I, I, I would believe it, but I'd just be like, oh, okay, these are state actors, son,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly for that amount of time like especially and and like social engineering is apparently one of the main ways that they get in that takes time, yo, that takes time that, that potentially takes like months of pretexting and all that so it's like what what did you Okay, yeah, some little script kitty group not script kitty group, some competent hacker group. What do they have? A project manager? Like like who is keeping <laughs> who is keeping these like Ritalin fueled hacker types <laughs> on track? Because having worked with a lot of them, <laughs> we're not very good at organizational <laughs> skills. Nope. Um
1: they the they do seem quite organized. Like every story talks about some like more information is, is discussed about them from every breach. And they do have like good organization. They do have people that seem they, it does seem like they have project managers essentially. Yeah. yeah. And as one who does like herd cats, right? Like that is what I say. My job is I herd catch and I manage egos um, <laughs> because that's exactly what it's like working with hackers. Tell
0: me I'm wrong, Chris, right? Like tell me I'm wrong on that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, that's one of the reasons that I kind of got out of pen testing is the holier than thou attitude that uh, is so prevalent and, and like hacker types. Right. And
1: and the fact that, you know, some of these people that are being arrested are 16, 17-year-old, 19-year-old kids, right? It leads me to be like, oh, yes. Okay. So, you are you just like, you're just the bait. Like, you're the fall guy. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. W- w- yep. w- welcome to working with state actors. I don't know if they're a state actor. But if you ask me right now, like, are they... It, it, Maybe it's not a state actor. Maybe it's organized crime uh, that they're
0: working <laughs> and with. And there are state actors that are um, arguably no different from organized crime. But yes. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> true, Yes. Definitely true. <laughs> I, I'm, look, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Russia. <laughs>
1: uh, that's for a different episode. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but if if you just look at not just the type of companies that they're getting through, but the ease of which they're doing this there is a lot of like chris said there's a lot of back end work that has to go into this because you don't hack unless unless you know what let, let, let's say i'm wrong maybe you do hack all these companies because they all just suck at security right i'm going to say that's not going to be the case um i think there's a larger play out here and again um i i don't know if we'll ever find out who really is pulling the strings with this group but if they are just a bunch of Let's say bored teenagers, right? Idle hands are are, you know, the most dangerous things with hackers. Um, we know people that have been arrested because literally the idle idle hands syndrome, right? They're just like bored in college and they're like, oh, hey, let's go hack shit. Um we'll bleep out that uh <laughs> let's go hack stuff um you've said it so many times this episode already we're not editing that out. <laughs> um uh we'll go and it, it it just it makes you think like okay like wh- what do organizations clearly something is not working on the security side of how organizations are approaching security if it is just a bunch of uh, you know, a ragtag group of younger individuals and they're highly skilled individuals. Don't just don't mm-hmm. take my yeah, quote end- of ragtag as like yeah. an insult. I'm saying they're a group that, you know, have formed online through communications, but they're not, you know, directly being paid um, by someone. Right. So, so this is the, they're not working with a larger organization or anything mm-hmm. theory. Um What we have to look at what we're doing in security. If we can't just stop a bunch of younger hackers from breaching organizations that are dumping millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into security. Yeah. So and that's
0: one one other thing that I want to point out on that comment is like also just because folks are young, I want to I want to emphasize that we're not saying this just because you're young doesn't mean that you're incompetent when it comes to hacking and actually like yep, I I think the trend is generally the best people are young um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just cuz that, that's that's the way this goes but the the coordination you know the, you know right. the, I think the, the coordination the timing that's like oh you have like a month over month schedule and it's all coming out and oh yeah and it turns out anytime somebody's arrested that they're under 18 is like this all feels very organized because also if you're arrested and you're not yet an adult you're going to get off with a slap on the wrist and like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, no, no, no. We solved the lapses hacking group. It was that guy. He was 17. Yeah. We gave him
2: juvie for six months. And anyways, it's solved. It, it's, it's all common, very convenient. It, it is. It's a common pattern for organized crime to recruit minors to do this stuff. Like, that's a yep. known thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you all know if there was a common methodology or a common? Yes. Mm-hmm. What, it was. what was it? Social engineering. Awesome. Social
0: engineering was the initial way in, getting access to Slack, using that to social engineer additional employees. Like, like for instance, oh, yeah, I'm an IT person because I'm on your Slack. Go ahead and run this. Like, they, their initial thing in was social engineering, which with is why Slack. I'm like – With Slack. And there was also WhatsApp, I think, was used for, for one of the Twitter breaches. I, um,
1: and I want to say one of them, they actually, like, they found a disgruntled employee who gave them access.
0: Yeah, oh, so it's like, like, how, how are you doing this? That this this is not this is not a you're getting you're you're popping one of these big groups every single month unless unless you are incredibly organized and maybe you have some people doing the social engineering, some people do it like I don't know it. I don't I don't know. Last is too good it, to it do becomes, be a ragtag group of teenagers.
1: Yeah, it, it it becomes suspicious, right? And you can think about the simplest answer which is yeah they they have someone behind them pulling strings. Yeah. And
2: it's really interesting how much plausible deniability we've seen in 2022 because this mm-hmm. could be an interesting segue into IT army of Ukraine.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, before we before we jump, I just want to say to all the members of the Lapsus group if you're listening, we wish you good health over this next year because <laughs> you you might need it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> IT Army of Ukraine, tell tell us, Logan. Uh, as I recall it, there was a minister of some sort in Ukraine who put out just uh, an announcement to the world that said, "Hey, if you want to help us hack Russia, targeting specifically military targets, do it. Hop we in this fully, Telegram channel. <laughs> yeah, we fully endorse this, yeah. and." Yeah, that would also be a very convenient cover for, you know, targeting Russia.
0: Yeah, and also every other. I mean, th- yeah, it goes both ways. Where it's like, yes, oh, we just have a bunch of vigilante groups that are targeting <laughs> Russia now, and it turns out that these vigilante groups are also very well organized and doing really impressive work. Because mm-hmm. hey, it's just it's not it's not it's not NSA red team. It's just some vigilante group. It's anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If. If I was a part of the
1: intelligence apparatus, um, which I'm not, but if I was, what I would totally do is I would wait for some other country to get hacked and then be like, oh, you know what? You know what? We need to start a vigilante group to help this country. And then it'd be like, oh, okay, great. And then you just see a whole bunch of people from like San Antonio, Texas and Maryland in this vig- vigilante group, and it was just yep. like, oh, how convenient! A lot of people where the NSA is at wants to join this group, huh? Um, and and I I I would I would put money on the fact that this type of tooling is going to be used in the future to actually assist in what we'll call proxy cyber wars, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is. I, I think it is the future of recruitment for for like there's gonna be legitimate people that, you know, don't know they're actually helping a state actor. Um or, or they think Those they're just the doing it for the good of it. Um yeah. but it it, it that there's no reason to deviate from from like this technique anymore. Like this is a great cover for everything.
0: Yep.
1: And if you think for a second that there weren't US employees, um who do like offensive operations working in some capacity, at least one of them, um, then no, I I think you're wrong, but I didn't join it because again, like you don't have top cover like that. That's the thing with this that you have to remember. Like Mm -hmm. you can join one of these vigilante groups, but you don't have top cover. Mm -hmm. If, Mm -hmm. if something happens and things go sideways, no one is going to be like, Oh, they but they were hacking for good, right? Like, you're not going to have... You better already have your friends that are senators, like, lined Mm -hmm. up before you start Mm -hmm. doing this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And you better have the friends in the DOJ. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) like... Uh, This is a half-baked thought, but it makes me think of, like, the uberification. I'm just going to make up that word. Where um, people do the work... And they have no top cover. Yeah, it's like it's exactly like Uber.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's it's vigilante hacking on your time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. But yeah own you, boss. Don't, you, you don't you
1: don't yeah. you don't get paid you don't get paid for it though. And no. um uh they don't that there's no loan loan you a new computer program like there is with yep. a car uh, with yep. Uber. But yeah, it's uh it it is I, I think it's going to be used more often in the future. Um, and mm-hmm. I also do think it's it's going to be dangerous. Like, there are going to be times where this is abused, where people think they're attacking for good, um, but then they're just actually being used to attack something they didn't realize what they were yeah. attacking, or they didn't no realize doubt. the the actual like
0: effects of their attacks. So, so, so I I gotta agreed, and I gotta say so. As we started talking about this, I was like, "Why have I not gotten?" Because I when that when everything first started happening, I joined these groups because I was like, "I want, I want to see what's going on here." And I was like, "Oh, I haven't gotten any notifications from them in forever." And I realized that I had been logged out of Telegram, so I logged back in, and I went into the IT Army of Ukraine group, and it even has like it, it has these updates on. Uh, like, oh, here's the current... So, one of the most recent updates is talking about how there's, like, disruptions in the Russian banking system as a result of, of like, all this stuff. And they even have a bot. There's an IT army of Ukraine bot that, that you do slash start to. And it's like, how can I help you? Would you like to join a DDoS attack? Would you like to join, like, the, the army <laughs> chat? Like, would you... We literally have a bot for onboarding on, onto, the, like, wow. the vigilante Which, like, I'm... I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of it in this case. Uh, I probably won't be a fan of it in the future, but like I think that's such a that's such an interesting yeah war war has been commoditized. Like you you too can join war uh from well, sitting in your the place fifth generational warfare,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. and then once we take the human aspect out of it and we just can start assigning AI to it. Yeah. Right? We've entered sixth generational warfare. But I do think in the future this type of process this type of, you know, uh, vigilante IT hacking groups, uh, for, for war will be used more and more often because they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're effective and, um, I think they're going to get abused. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. man, 2023 is going to be so lit.
1: Oh That's man. So
2: lit. <clears throat> the, yeah. Get we're, your bunker. <laughs> <laughs> We're running short on time. We're
0: running short on time. So, you know, the last things that we wanted to talk about here, there's there's a common thread that ties them both together, and that is scraping. So, scraping mm-hmm. has always been a thing. It still is a thing, but there was actually just very recently, Facebook is being fined by the Irish DPA for a – it's not even a data breach. It's a data leak, but the, the data was all – was all put together from scraping so somebody scraped a lot of accounts off facebook collected it all into some database and then sold that database and facebook is now being fined 275 million usd for that there's also a there was a twitter hack which that, that one was more that one was more actual like, like actual exploits where There was a logic bug in one of the, like, auth flows for Twitter where you could, like, if you had an email address, you could get the information, you could get the phone number associated with the account and vice versa. But there's, like, for both Twitter and Facebook, there was something that wasn't overtly, like, a vulnerability, but it was just scraping and amassing data from an API and putting it all together and then structuring it as a database. That is now problematic, which I'm totally as somebody that has had to deal with preventing scraping i'm totally supportive of this being seen as a security problem and an enforceable security problem because yeah just 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 because it's like no we we give that information away for free it's fine it's like yeah but they don't you don't give away a database and you don't give away hundreds of millions of records and you don't do it like companies should absolutely be held responsible for how easy is it to pull data out of your system scraping is a super hard problem to solve um and if you need help solving it, um, I might be your guy. But the it is it is something that companies have to have to be thinking about, have to be worried about. So, would Facebook's defense
1: be? No, we actually do give away information. Please look at Cambridge <laughs> like, Analytica.
0: Like, no, no, no. no. We, we give away databases of user data all the time. What are you talking about, guys? Come on. God, I, I I I don't think it was this year. But the last time that, that Facebook was in the news for a breach, it was like, oh, yeah, 500 million records. And I'm just like, <laughs> just like oh, just Facebook at it again. It's like, yeah, we're just mm, mm, half a bill people. No problem. Yeah, we, we have more users than that. Don't worry about it. 500 mil yeah. data. Don't worry about it. Come on. Come on. We're yeah, Facebook. Yeah, no, no, we're no Facebook. Problem, no you problem. should be used no. to this at
1: this point. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're meta. They're meta.
0: Remember. Uh, it's Meta, no, Meta. I will never, I will never stop <laughs> calling them Facebook. They do not get to rebrand away from being like a like uh, from being that bad of a thing. Mm-mm.
1: Are you going to start using the Facebook to address them now? <laughs> <laughs> the, the
0: Facebook <laughs> TF TF. I think I think TF might be a, the, the yeah. I don't know. No, not a fan. Not a fan. Facebook's number zero fan here. No, oh, that's zero. No, that's top fan. No, no, that minus one. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> We're doing an underflow back to the bottom.
2: Shall we that's it what there? we have
1: for 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 this year. I mean, like we said, we probably missed a ton because there's just so much. To
2: that's that, been crazy.
1: That, that's been going on. And I'm sure 2023 is going to be even crazier. So if we missed anything that was like super important, hit us up, hit us up on our social media, hit us up on LinkedIn, email us. Um, If you're listening to this, make sure you rank the podcast. If you like the episode, give it, uh, you know, five stars. If you didn't like the episode, uh, just also give us five stars. (laughs) Forget that and give us five stars. Especially,
0: especially if you didn't like the episode, five stars is the way to tell (laughs) us. Well, before, before we go, how about this? Predictions for 2023. What do you got? Give give you give, your, give your top prediction, and I'm I'm guessing that Drew is going to say something about global war. <laughs> but, but what what do you got? What's going to happen? 2023 security ish related. I mean, I, I have
1: a few predictions. I actually release my like company's official predictions next Ooh, week. That'll be good. Um, yeah, they're they're not like the typical predictions, right? Which is the typical predictions, I guess ransomware's in there, but it's like zero trust, ransomware, and cloud security, right? Is like what everyone else is gonna say for twenty twenty-three. If I um I'll give you I'll give you the prediction that I call the tinfoil hat prediction. How about that? Yep. Yeah. Uh a civilian will get killed because of a cyber attack that happens in twenty twenty three. Um inadvertently because of confusion of war and stuff like that. That is my 10th. Mm. Tinf- that is like my far reaching tinfoil. This is, you know, maybe 2% chance of likelihood of happening type of thing. Mm. Right. Mm. That's the most mm. tinfoily one that I have. All the other ones are, you know, insider threats are going to be on the rise because they always on the rise when the economy goes down, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's my most tinfoil hat one.
2: Mm hmm. I, have, I might play my cards close to my chest on this one. I generally just expect 2023 to be more volatile than this year. Yeah, I think that's
0: I think that's right. The I was reading an article from the Economist that I really liked, talking about how uh, recessions and and kind of like when the, when the tide goes out, the fraud shows up, and it was a very very compelling mm-hmm. thing talking about how it's like, oh yeah, you know when when everybody's happy you know, you might be making a few decisions here and there and you're not necessarily intending to cook the books, but when everybody is just like fudging numbers a little bit, and that's kind of the culture that you, you create, then it turns out when your books weren't actually right, you know, it's, 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 it's not the feast times that that comes out. It's the famine times. We're seeing that with FTX. We're seeing that with BlockFi. We'll see what else happens in the crypto space. I expect other exchanges to go down as well. Like, I don't think we've seen the bottom of crypto by, by a long shot right now. Um, but upside of that is the, you know, it's 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 going to be kind of like chemo. The majority of the industry is going to really struggle and much of it is going to die off. But the members that make it through are going to be much stronger for it. It'll be a consolidation of power and likely a consolidation of kind of like security, responsibility and things like that. So I think I think crypto space has has worse days ahead of it now, but they will come out stronger in it uh, for, in, in the long run because of it. Mm hmm. That'll take. That might take longer than 2023, though. 2023 is just going to be, yeah, more uh, lots of cool geopolitical than, things happening in 2023. Really cool, real <laughs> <So> cool, cool. <laughs> super cool. All right, we're going to leave it on that. <laughs> All right, well, happy uh, happy 2022, and I'm sure we'll have like probably one more episode in addition to this be uh, before the end of the year. So, otherwise. Happy, you know, happy holidays, everybody. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll see you again soon.